welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, and thanks for joining me today as I share food for the head, heart, hands, and feet to help us grow closer to God, become more like Jesus each and every day, encourages us on the road to holiness, and through friendship, helps each of us discover the life God created us for, a life full of purpose, peace, and abundance. For the head today is a quote from Saint Gianna Mola and she says the secret of happiness is to live moment by moment and to thank God for what he is sending us every day in his goodness. I really enjoy this quote especially in light of just having celebrated all saints and all souls because it really keeps us mindful of our mortality. And when we begin in gratitude for every moment that we have, because we don't know when our time is going to be done here on earth. We don't know when we're going to be called before our Lord to be judged. And that's not something to be fearful of. Um, in fact, judgment is the opportunity for us to see our lives as God sees our lives so that we're able to see all the many ways that we probably are completely unaware of how we have done good, of how we've been his presence of love and mercy to others. But it's also for us to be mindful that God looks at our lives differently. He looks at our lives as an opportunity for us to be able to become more like him. And this is the secret of happiness is for us to live in the present moment. I often talk about the fact that God is a God of the present. He's not a God of the past because he doesn't hold our sins or the things that we might have done or failed to do against us in his mercy. But rather, he lives in the present moment. And he doesn't live in the future either. He wants us to be attentive to how it is that he desires for us to grow in this moment, of how he desires to be with us and to help us become more and more like him in this moment. And if we're so focused on the future, then we're not able to be attentive to the now. Uh, there's a great book uh, called The, the Precious, The Present. Um, and uh, by Spencer Johnson, and I think I'm getting the title wrong, but the, pretty much the entire story is focused on how it is that the present is the great present that we're supposed to unwrap each and every day. And every day that we receive is an opportunity to be open to that gift and to be grateful for that gift. So as we are going about and so many people delay their happiness. They are like, well, I'll be happy or I'll do something when I get done with, you know, X. Uh, we do it a lot when we're talking about uh, financial goals. Um, and, uh, you know, we say, okay, once I've paid off the house or once I've paid off the car loan, uh, then I'll get to go do different things. And please, you know, understand I'm not advocating financial irresponsibility here, but we do need 
to make the sacrifices necessary so that that way we can live a life that is what God wants for us, one full of purpose and peace and abundance. And he provides those opportunities for us in the present to be able to provide exactly what it is we need in the future. But he's working in this present moment. He's not working in the future necessarily other than he's going to work through our past in order to provide for our future. So kind of one of those uh, things to be conscious of. Am I living in the moment? Am I living in the present? Or am I worried about what happened yesterday? Am I worried about what someone might have said and it's going over and over again in my head? Um, or, you know, is it in the future of where I'm anxious about what's going to happen? Rather than receiving today as the gift that it is. And then also being able to rejoice in God's goodness of his providential care for me. So, are you living in gratitude? It's something that is from there, from a place of gratitude that we're able to open our arms truly to all of what it is that God desires to give us. And for me, my living in the present moment is about my own renewed focus to finish my book. I'm more than two thirds of the way done and life does get in the way. <laughs> so it was something where I just attended a conference and I shared that uh, in a recent podcast and um, it just really gave me clarity about the fact of don't know how much time, you know, I have on this earth. And God willing, it's many more years and decades even. But the reality is, is that I do know without a doubt that this is what he's entrusted to me, which is to write this book and to share that message. And I have a responsibility to do it now. You know, it's about being present and doing what I can. You know, taking the, the minutes and the couple of hours here and there that I do have in the midst of my daily life, of making it a priority so that that way I am able to finish it and be able to have it published. So um, I ask your prayers for me in that endeavor, just as you know my prayers for you as you determine what is it that I need to do in order to live moment by moment and thank God for sending us all things in his goodness. So our reflection for the heart, our food for the heart this time is from Alan Hunt in his book, Nine Words. He talks about the world and your circumstances may press in and seek to crush you, but a relationship with Jesus will grow a joy in you that cannot be squelched. And this ties into our idea of what is life about here. And all saints and all souls gives us that perspective of we're called to be saints and we rejoice in those whom we know are in heaven and are before the eternal gaze of the Heavenly Father. And all souls where we know that these are people that are going to eventually go before God and be in his presence 
but they have a few things that still need to be purified. And many people will ask me about the idea of purification. And I think that one of the best analogies that I have uh, ever heard is about the idea of gold being tempered in fire to make it better, to make it stronger. And the reality is that all of us are gold. We're all precious in the sight of the Heavenly Father. And at the end of our lives, the analogy is just as gold is purified and made uh, more pure, when you hold it up, you see the bright reflection of you know, uh, uh, whatever it is of the maker of the gold um, who's purifying it. You see that reflection in the same way. God is going to hold us up to see whether or not we reflect his image. And we have to remember that his gaze, the eternal gaze, is one that's full of love and mercy. Recently, I talked about the idea of a catalyst moment. And the fact is, is that Zacchaeus in the gospel is a great example of him having his catalyst moment of coming before the gaze of Jesus when Jesus stops and looks up at him in the tree and he tells Zacchaeus, come down. And all of us have those moments of where God looks at us at different moments in our lives. And we have that opportunity, just as Zacchaeus did, to come down and to enter into a deeper life with him, a life that is full of his love and is full of purpose of where he gives us that clarity. And our job, just as you know, we celebrate all saints, our job is to become a saint. Our job is to become more and more so that we reflect the eternal Father's gaze so that when he holds us up and he looks at us, he's able to see that we look just like him. And this is how we find peace in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of all the world and the circumstances that are pressing in on us and seeking to crush us. And when we gain that clarity and focus, what happens is, is that we become more and more of a better reflection of God. But even more so, we become more and more a better reflection of who and what we truly are, of who and what God created us to be. So by being willing to develop that relationship with Jesus, it's in that relationship that we will find that joy. That joy will continue to grow because we know that regardless of circumstances, regardless of anything that might be going on in our lives, that the source of our purpose and meaning, the source of our joy, the source of our hope is found in Jesus. And when we allow that to transform us, to continue to be tempered in the fire of our circumstances, in the fire of the world that's seeking to crush you, we allow through God's grace and his power, we allow him to transform us into gold. Our food for the hands today comes from Dina Dwyer Owens from her book Values, Inc. And she tells us 
it is better to set a high bar of values for our lives and meet them most of the time than to set a low bar and meet them all of the time. So how exactly does that work? Well, if we go back to the idea of purification that I was talking about, the idea of becoming a saint in which we are reflecting back God's image to him, then it comes back to if we set low standards for ourselves, then we're not striving for greatness. If we're not setting high standards, then we're settling for mediocrity. We're settling for the idea, for example, of, well, I just want to go to purgatory and that's good enough. And for me, I look at it as the perspective of, I want to strive for sainthood. I want to strive for the greatness that God created me for. I want to strive to become all who I can be. The old army, you know, commercial slogan, be all you can be. Well, there's a lot of power in that. There's a lot of power in it when we realize that we have been created for greatness. We haven't been created for a life of mediocrity. We've been created and given all of what it is that we need in order to become the very saint that God created us to be. No one else in the world can be the saint that you are destined to be. No one else is capable of expressing God's love and mercy in the particular place where you are, in the particular way that you do by being what you are, and in the very essence of who you are. All of that is reflective of God's power and of his love and mercy. But many times we settle for less. We settle and say, oh, I'm okay if I just get into purgatory. Well, that's reflective of a lack of faith on our part that God can do anything that he desires to do. And that includes being able to change sinful, messed up people into reflections of his wonder and of his power and to be those living, breathing, wonder-working saints that he's created us to be. And when we say no to that by not striving for greatness, then what happens is, is that the world is denied an example of God's love in the world. And then you look around and you wonder why so many people are like, ah, God doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it's, you know, uh, because people become discouraged when they don't see people striving for greatness. One of the biggest reasons I think that athletes are held up in such esteem in our society today is because athletes, professional athletes in particular, are those who strive for greatness. They're striving to be all of who they can be. They're striving to become what it is that they dream of, of what it is that they desire. For us as followers of Jesus, our job is to have those dreams of greatness of how it is that God desires for us to embody his love and his mercy. And 
for us to set that as our dream, for us to accept God's will, you know, for our lives. And God's will is for us to become a saint. We are destined to be celebrated on All Saints Day, not just prayed for on All Souls Day, but to be celebrated on All Saints Day. That's our destiny. That's what we are striving for. But our desires are disordered. I talk about becoming right-ordered, or in spiritual parlance, the phrase is putting first things first. And what that means is, is putting the things of God, including his desire for us, above other things. And it's not that anything in this world is bad that God has created. For example, our family, our friends, those are bad things. But if we're placing family and friends ahead of God's desire for us, i.e. our family or friends are telling us that we need to become, you know, for example, a doctor. And we know that God is not calling us to medical school. We know deep in our hearts that we're, you know, designed for something else, but yet we allow family and friends to set our purpose for us. And that's just in a very practical way. So it's something that we have to become right ordered and we have to be willing to say to people who are asking us to set aside what it is that God wants for us when they say, oh, it's okay if you go to purgatory, you know, why, why are you striving to be a saint? You're never going to become a saint. Well, that's reflecting a lack of faith that God is able to do anything with anyone, with any circumstances, and be able to make us into the saints that he created us to be. So this ties into the idea of food for the feet, which is from Matthew, you know, a reflection, uh, blessed is that servant whom when his Lord shall come, he shall find so doing, which is Matthew 24, verse 46. And Alphonsus de Liguori takes this quote, and he says, above all, it is necessary to ask of God every morning the gift of perseverance and to beg of the Blessed Virgin to obtain it for you. And particularly in the time of temptation, by invoking the name of Jesus and Mary, as long as the temptation lasts. Happy the man who will continue to act in this manner, and shall be found so doing, when Jesus Christ shall come to judge him. Blessed is that servant whom, when his Lord shall come, he shall find so doing. And this coming week is National Vocations Awareness Week. And... Vocation is not just about discerning your state of life, which is the priesthood or religious life or to married life or to single life. Rather, vocation is about discerning our true purpose. Vocation is, comes from the word vocar, which is to call. So our vocation is to hear the call of God to become what it is that he's created us to be. And he's given us exactly all the tools and all the circumstances we need to become 
who it is he's calling us to be. But what we tend to do is that we tend to negate that by saying, no, 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 that's too hard, or no, I'll never be able to do that. Um, so we negate God's power to change us and to transform us into his living, breathing, wonder-working saint that he desires for us to be. So one of the things about growing in self-knowledge is that it must always continue. It's not a, okay, I discerned God's call and, for example, I became a doctor. And in the instance I was talking about of where becoming a doctor was not about what it is that God desires for us, but rather us responding and saying, okay, I've become a doctor, so therefore I missed it. It's like, no, God uses all circumstances, all things to bring about our good. So in this instance, I'm using about you became a doctor, but that's not really your passion. Your passion might be to serve poor people like Mother Teresa did in Calcutta. Well, possibly God could use your medical skills now to go and to serve the poor, but now you have a particular skill that other people do not have, and he can use that. He can use the fact that you said no to his call initially and went and became a doctor, but now he's going to use that very choice to bring about his good when you discover your true purpose, when you discover what truly motivates you. Um, I uh, am a trained uh, facilitator of the MCOR assessment. MCOR is Motivational Core Assessment. And what it does is through the sharing of our stories, we're able to discover what truly motivates us. And MCOR helps us in that, in that self-knowledge. And as I said, that has to always continue. We always have to be growing in knowledge of ourselves in relation to the call that God is placing in our hearts and in our minds. And when we respond to that call, we become great because of his grace, not because of what we do, but rather because we respond, because we say yes to his call to become a saint. It's time for some resolution suggestions for you. And a lot of what I talked about today was about growing in self-knowledge. So a couple of practical suggestions would be perhaps to read a book that inspires you. Just got done reading the book of mistakes by Skip Pritchard. And it's a modern day parable of how it is that we can find that purpose and peace and abundance in your daily life um, in the course of telling a story, which is really great. Or it might be to take the MCOR or to do an online course that helps you grow in your prayer life or maybe to be able to put first things first. Or maybe it's to spend time in adoration where you can give gratitude for all of the gifts in the present moment. But it also puts us before his eternal gaze where you can ask God to help you gain clarity in your relationship you know, to him and ask him, am I doing exactly what it is that you created me to do? Am I doing exactly what it is that you desire of me so that I can become the saint that you created me to be? 
So those are all some practical suggestions that you can do for this week or something else that God placed on your heart. So I think that's a good place for us to conclude our conversation today. I do encourage you in the week ahead to set a resolution and pursue it as best as you can. It can be either one I suggested or one that the Holy Spirit has placed on your heart during our time together today. Thanks again for spending your time with me today. And if you have any suggestions or topics for upcoming podcasts, please reach out to me either through my Facebook page at Say Yes to Holiness, through my website www.sayyestoholiness.com or send an email to me at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I truly look forward to hearing from you. Please know of my prayers for you and your families and for all of us who are walking on the journey together towards holiness. May we be given the courage necessary to say yes to doing whatever it takes so we may always tell the master of death, not today. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.